0: All right, lose log episode four uh today is all football uh we have Steve Toro You? Host, since the sandbox podcast uh one of my lifelong friends biggest giant fan I know uh, and with all the stuff in the news, wanted to get Steve on here and uh talk about the giants been a big part of the news this off season
1: yeah, so a, a lot of stuff kind of happened this off season but before before i um Got into talking the Giants in depth. I kind of had a question for you. Um, yeah. What was one reason why you think the the Colts succeeded last year? Just the main reason. The O-line. The O-line was everything. Um, that's what I'll
0: say. Just because that was – I think that was the difference from diaz prior. That I mean, the defense was a lot better. I'll say those two things because Luck didn't have any better weapons. Marlon Mack's not like a – a five-star recruit, you know what I mean, running back prospect or whatever, you know what I mean. So yeah, definitely O-line and defense.
1: No, because what what I kind of want to single out when when you talk about the O-line is is rookies. You know, yep. the Colts mm-hmm. the Colts had a lot of rookies that were big factors on their success last year, and now getting uh, talking into the Giants, we can talk about um, the the off-season um, trades that they had. The Giants also had a lot of uh, draft picks and added a lot of young guys. So, however we want to take this, um, there's a lot to certainly talk about. Yeah, I, I
0: definitely get what you're saying. I mean, like, it, rookie's a key, dude, in, like, the front office and draft. And it's just so crucial to, like, the process, especially, like, where the Giants are right now. Like we talked about on um, another podcast that will be dropping soon. Um so just to start off, I really wanted to get your your thoughts on the Giants' off season as a whole. Um, like, what were your favorite moves? Things you didn't like? Like, what are the biggest takeaways for you as a fan?
1: Um, so I think that first, we'll just address um the the Odell trade. So Odell Vernon for a first pick, Jabril Peppers, a third pick, and Kevin Zelta. Um, I Odell's my favorite player he's my favorite receiver I think he's the best receiver in the league and it hurts me to see him go but I I told you this Lou a thousand times this move really made the Giants better uh and investing in the youth and in some like uh key guys that that are really going to change the locker room for the better and getting rid of uh, Odell and, and Vernon's cap space is um, certainly a, a bonus with that um Zelta really comes in and is a veteran presence to a, to a O line with um, Nate Solder on it and Will Hernandez and Mike Rem is coming from um, Minnesota. Some off additions we made through the draft that I think are going to be big factors um, are really some of the guys that we haven't really talked about. Corey Ballantyne, uh, the Giants drafted in the sixth round, and. They have this new thing going on in preseason. Um, they're doing uh, trophies for, like, every every turnover that, that you get. So kind of just in individual, like, superlatives in the locker room to make the guys compete. He was a six-round pick, and he has um, the most trophies out of the whole secondary with um, five trophies. So that's more than Janoris Jenkins, more than our first-round pick, DeAndre Baker. So they say he's out there, he's balling. So that's something certainly nice to hear. Um, and just another secondary move that we made, uh, uh, another late round pick we added, uh, Julian Love. He was uh, drafted as a cornerback, but we're converting him to safety, and he's making a really smooth transition. So it's uh, exciting.
0: It feels like the uh, the Giants are kind of like turning a new leaf, almost. You know what I mean? It's like an old regime's out, like a new regime's in, and like they're kind of trying to like restore like the balance like the, the Giants have always had, and and I feel like people forget how well they draft at certain positions. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't, like, a franchise that's been run terribly for years. Like, this is a franchise that's been run well for for years. So, I I, I, I like that you pointed out some, some key rookies. I like DeAndre Baker a lot. I really wanted him to go to the Colts, but I'll take Rockison. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I definitely think the Giants offseason has been – good. They, they kind of set a tone for a direction. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like with like the, the cap space, uh, grabbing Daniel Jones, obviously, um, I thought that was high. Like I, I had no problem with him. It's just at six, it was high, but that was their guy. And, um, we'll continue with Daniel Jones. Uh, he's looked really good in the preseason, um, both games. And it just wasn't that he isn't bad. He, looks really really good you know what i mean like it's not that just like he's like playing a little above what people thought he would but like i mean for all the the crap the kid was getting he's kind of shut everyone up so far and do you feel the same way or or is this preseason not affected what you thought of him
1: so i i'm not going to disagree with with anyone's argument that uh daniel jones was taken early um at at six, there there was a lot of talent on the board, but the Giants had to take him because he thinks that the guy he thinks he's the guy for the future, you know. And Daniel Jones, I like the way he carries himself. He is very Eli-esque, and I, I'm I'm kind of like surprised how how actually similar they are. Um, but he he's impressive. He's he's overcoming a lot of adversity in and just trying to play ball and get better. And I've heard nothing but good things. Um, and if, if he works out and Ey plays good and they bring out the best in each other and it's just a healthy locker room and and those guys that I pointed out on defense can um stay healthy and ball with um James Betcher, you know I I think good things can happen I I know um you you didn't think it was it was that possible but we talked about a possibility of the Giants going ten and six and. They, they'd obviously have to be some tough wins on on the road and in some developments throughout the season for sure, but you know it it's possible uh guys that also came over this off season that kind of want to solidify that defense are guys that have experience with um james Betcher, and that's marcus golden and uh antoine Bethea. and I know they're old they've had injuries and and all this, but they they know the scheme they they have the, the brains to teach it to the young guys, you know. And like I said, with all those young guys that we got, if they can just understand what they're supposed to do in their scheme and then they can, their talent can slowly follow, I think it just I think it's going to make a, the Giants really a, a scary team running the ball with Saquon.
0: I agree with you. It will take some, some toughness, and we'll see. I mean, they're definitely on the right track. Like, there's not many things that I didn't like. Like, I loved the Odell trade. I know that that kind of isn't like you know what I mean. A lot of Giants fans like favorite thing, obviously. I mean, you lose a guy that caliber. It's just, I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, it's a pill to swallow, especially when he was becoming the face. But um, I just want to ask, like, when you saw Daniel Jones like play as well as he did in the preseason, does that make you more hopeful, or or did you kind of just think this who this is who he is? If they protect him. He could fit the scheme, and he's going to hit the open receiver. Did you think that going in, or is, is the preseason kind of making you a believer of that?
1: um so just one other guy that that we really didn't talk about before before I switch uh fully switch into Daniel Jones is Landon Collins. Landon Collins is greatly going to be missed on um this Giants defense, and he was just as much of a stud as Odell was. um Oh, absolutely. Which, that's just quickly. Um, Daniel Jones, yeah, this preseason, I actually have – I got his stats right here. 16 for 19, 228 yards, an 84% completion percentage and two touchdowns. You know, I know it's preseason ball, but that's really sufficient for someone first coming into the league and seeing all that fast pace at once. So I think I think the advantage of the Giants taking Daniel Jones is maybe he was the most, like, NFL-ready because of – that David Cutcliffe system, and and all of this isn't so fast, so quick to him, because maybe that's what he saw. That's what he played in, and Duke isn't really known for for their, like, football program, you know? Like, Duke, Duke's a NCAA basketball, you know? Those guys oh, are nasty. Cool. Um, but it's, it's encouraging to see this rather than seeing performance from maybe some of the other guys. I'm not going to individualize anybody, but. I, I don't know what else you would ask for three three incomplete passes I mean looks good it's exciting but, for sure, and I think it's
0: it's it's cool that he is eli esque because you can kind of see that he doesn't really like pressure doesn't really frazzle the kid. you know what I mean like it, it's very apparent like already that he doesn't get shaken up easy, he was getting hit all the time at Duke, so you know he's not afraid to take a hit um and like you mentioned earlier, I think him and Eli's personalities in the locker room could be really good. Like They're both nonchalant guys. Like They're not going to be at each other's throats for the position, but they'll have the respect to, to compete. You know what I mean? It won't be – it'll be very professional. It'll be as professional as a QB competition as there would be in the NFL, and I think that's exactly what the Giants saw in Daniel Jones when they drafted him. It was all the poise, and I think they, they like things a certain way. And I think that's like the trend just continued. You know what I mean? Like they, like Daniel Jones is a giants type of quarterback. Like no one can deny that.
1: Yeah. and, and, and exactly what they did. Sorry. And something, something that I think is, is awesome. And and I know it'll never really be a factor with uh, Daniel Jones is, I love having players that you, you know, that, that are going to be there. That they're going to show up every week and there's no off the field issues. So like, this this looks good for the future. Like, look at Saquon. Saquon's would be 16 games, no fumbles, like 100 yards. I think it was nine times last year, and that's as a rookie. Like, what's he going to do this year? He's only going to go up. So, even if he has uh, 11 games with, with over 100 yards, just just think. He's going to have way more catches. He's going to have way more receiving yards. Like, I really don't think it's unrealistic for him to go for 2,000 total yards with 1,000 in each category. Um especially the way the Giants are going to shift their offense with no Odell. Uh, Guys like Sterling, Shepard and Golden Tate uh, are still going to be big, big factors. But I could see them both coming around eleven, twelve hundred 1,200 yards if if the Giants are a competitive football team and catching around five or six touchdowns. Uh, But I'd say the majority of the touchdowns are really going to be to Evan Ingram and Saquon. I think those guys are elite players, elite talents, and – once uh, Evan Ingram can stay on the field and Saquon can still solidify his, his legacy already as the top back um, in the league, I I think it, it's just gonna, I think that's why the the Giants future is definitely bright. And you know what's funny? I I, I could kind of compare, to think
0: of it, it's outside of like where they went to school, I kind of look at Daniel Jones as kind of like Jake Frommish, because like they're both not huge guys. I mean, Daniel Jones is bigger, but um, they both don't have crazy arms. They're both more known for their accuracy and like kind of being they're they're good leaders, you know what I mean? They're known for more of their leadership in their putting the ball where it needs to be than the amazing um physical attributes, the big arm, the giant plays, you know what I mean? And like I was looking and like Jake Fromm's like getting a ton of respect coming out of this draft, and I know he has the winning record behind him at Georgia, but do you think that if Daniel Jones was on a team like that, and he got that kind of exposure in, in a better way, he would be kind of looked at as like a, a Fromm, because Fromm's a, and this is a deeper quarterback class than the last, and Fromm's three, th- and you could make an argument, Daniel Jones is more athletic, uh, he's a little more poised, and he's better physically. You know what I mean? Do you think that that the Duke thing really affected
1: his his draft stock? Um, I I don't want to say it affected his draft stock. I think it definitely affects his perception. Um, that's a good answer. A, a lot a lot of people a lot of people who don't know the sport really can can say can just read headlines and and just believe those and and think that that's the facts, you know. But unless you actually do like you do your own research whatever that may be reading some articles watching some games like just let, letting him practice and, and seeing what what people have to say like he's just carried himself really well and 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 there's rookies that that don't do that and i think i think it's just encouraging and like you said with with this quarterback draft class coming up th- there's so many guys that um the guy from Clemson um what's his Trevor name? Lawrence if, yeah, he comes, Trev- if he comes out but that would Trev- be cool. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence and Herbert too, right? Herbert, Herbert uh, From, From, and um, Jalen
0: Hurts, the former Alabama quarterback, is now, I believe, at FSU. I want to say, I don't know no. if I'm a hundred percent. Isn't
1: he at uh, Oklahoma?
0: Yes, he's at Oklahoma. Yes, yes, good call. Yes, he is at Oklahoma now. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's five guys right there. You know what I mean? I'm not a big Tua guy. Um, I like Herbert, Lawrence, and, and From. I actually like From a lot. But you get what I'm saying with that, though, is Jake Fromm's numbers aren't crazy, just like Daniel Jones weren't. Um, Both not huge guys, even though, like I said, Daniel Jones is a little bigger. And Daniel Jones is faster, um, probably a little stronger. And they both don't have great arms. And I saw Mel Kiper on ESPN talk about how Fromm's either Andy Dalton or Drew Brees. So um, if he's that, right, um, I know he's a little more accurate then Daniel Jones wasn't called. Like if they're giving him that kind of praise, I I, I don't know. I feel like he, he kind of got mis, not misread before the draft, but like you said, the perception of him was like the team sucks. He's running all over the place. Like he's not as accurate. It's like, who was he throwing to? Who was the old
1: line? You know what I mean? I
0: feel like a Absolutely. lot of people don't gonna, realize.
1: That, yeah. I'm going to chime in here. And, and um, I, I saw something today that's really going to, um, Stand out in in this conversation because um, you're talking about Duke affecting uh, Daniel Jones and there was um so someone tweeted it I, I forget who it was and it, it showed John Elway and John Elway did, didn't go to a big school either and he didn't win have a winning record in college and look at what John Elway did in the pros it it had something to do with um the whole Baker Mayfield situation I'm, and I know we'll get into that in a couple of minutes. Um, but I think it said John Elway was 15 and 18 in college. So he, he technically wasn't a winner going into the pros. And he, John Elway won, won his fair share and, and cemented his, himself in the Hall of Fame, you know. So we'll see. And there's been plenty of guys that do win like a, a Tim Tebow
0: and it's just not them. You know what I mean? So it, like, 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 like to your point, it, it's two sides to that coin. You know what I mean? You could throw out the good in college thing all you want, you know what I mean? Like you could say, Oh, like this guy he was he was all he was all American. Like they almost won the national title or they did win the national title. You know what I mean? That doesn't yeah, always there,
1: There's do. so many moving factors, especially with football. Like these college football teams, they don't they don't even have a cap. Like they they're running out over a hundred guys on the sidelines. And it it's crazy but like I don't know. I, I think I think the the college level is is really really um and, and fast but but just coming to the pros it's just a different game um so there's a lot of moving pieces with, with professional football and college football I don't think they're the same sport but
0: it isn't it's not even close to the same sport um because just like the fatigue you get of like being around so many people like you have teammates that you either love or hate for like 10 years or so in the NFL like in college football like the guy you love on the team could be a senior that you get along great with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or the guy you hate could be a senior or like a freshman that like you're stuck with them. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's different. You only have four years and it, and like now it's like all Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Oklahoma. You know what I mean? It's kind of dominated by a few teams. Uh, so yeah, it, it is way different. And I think people don't understand that like it's more on the individual yeah, as like they are as a quarterback, you know,
1: the, Um, a a lot of, um, like the guys coming out of Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, like people take those guys a little bit earlier than the guys coming from like some, some other schools just because they think, they think that they're more pro ready, but, but that, that goes to exactly what you're saying on, on how there's just like a couple of teams that are just always going to be in that top four going into the, to the playoff season for the college football. And that's just I think that's just what evaluators um GMs, coaches, that that's a lot of the stuff they look at too. And but when you find guys that go to schools like Old Dominion and, and Andy Isabella coming out of UMass, like those are just the guys that, that make, make you better, you know? Absolutely. Like I mean like, like what it costs on what's called, like North Dakota
0: State? Like Yeah. You know what I mean? Like something like that. I think that was it, but like it's crazy. It's it's a whole um, not stereotype, but it's a whole perception thing. In the mainstream media, has a big thing to do with it. Like they they downplayed like guys like Daniel Jones and um guys like like uh, Drew Locke, Will Grier. You know what I mean? Like they downplayed guys like that from the jump. Obviously, um but but to kind of move into something that you mentioned um headlines today that uh, Baker Mayfield and OBJ slamming the giants essentially uh and daniel jones um what did what did you think of that like what was your first reaction when that like popped up on you uh, on your phone
1: um i i just can't believe that it's still being talked about like it it hurts it hurt me a lot i I was in florida at the time when when i got the the odell alert and i I was devastated like that whole night I, I i was just bummed out and um you just got to get over it. Like the Giants didn't put you out there to die, Odell. We just we just needed to go a different way. Like that that's just like such a, a crazy statement, you know. And I understand ba- Baker and Odell are boys and, and their friends and stuff. But you guys don't even know, like, if you guys can lose together yet. Like if you guys lose a couple games, like what's going to happen? Baker, you're a winner. And the first time you lose two games this season, you're all going to be told about it until you're sick of it. Um I don't know. I, I don't think – I, I don't know why Daniel Jones is, is such a target for people. Um, like I said, he, he's, he's got the numbers in the preseason, and he's just – he's not going out there and talking about anything but Giants football. And my favorite part about it all is that there's no noise coming back from the Giants that's like, oh, yeah, Od- Odell's going to shut his mouth or is going to come in. Win in New York before he can say anything, you know what I mean? Um, so that's just kind of really my take on it.
0: What did you feel about um, Baker saying after that he he called Daniel and like talked to him? And and I talked to like Saquon and like like guys that respect Daniel Jones and was like, Hey, like they totally misquoted me. Like, are you less not less concerned but less like come on now about Baker's comments than? Odell's you know what I mean because he doesn't have personal ties to the to the team, so it's not like, like Baker shouldn't have to say anything decent about the Giants, but like Odell at this point, it's just like you said, like, come on, bro. Like that was my first reaction. I was like, dude, this this guy's still butthurt about it? Like yeah. you're in a bad situation. Like, you have the best they gave you the best possible chance to win, arguably. Am I wrong? The Giants, like they they didn't do him, they didn't send him to Tampa Bay. I mean, not that. I mean, that would be a pretty cool situation. I'll take that back. They didn't send him to Buffalo. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it wasn't. Yeah. He was relegated to the D leagues. It's like you went to, literally, the most talked about team, which isn't part because of him, but like, the Browns are a story anyways because of Baker. So I thought like, it wasn't. Like on Odell's side, I was like, okay, like like he's a cry baby, so it is what it is. And then Baker, I just, I I could see how they misquoted him. I can see how they
1: misquoted him. Here's here's this scenario, right? The the Giants trade, mm-hmm. trade Odell to Cleveland. But you know that. Antonio Brown gets traded to the Raiders, right? But before that, Antonio Brown was traded to the Bills. And you don't think he was like, uh-uh-uh, I'm not going to the Bills. Odell has no say to do that. Odell got traded one year on an extension after he just got some, some crazy money contract. The Giants just ate his contract, sent him to the Browns, and he he just got free money. You know what I mean? The Giants had twenty million in dead cap from him this year. It's horrendous. It
0: is, and it's just like, oh, the way I feel about it is just like, I just feel like if if I'm just more concerned for the Browns. Like you know, I've been saying this. I'm not. I'm not completely sold on them yet. Like as like a, a playoff team. Like I'm just not. Like fairly so. I mean fairly, but like I just think like. For him to be this deep into camp, this close to the regular season, and he still feels that way? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, how do you still feel that way, but you have so many good things around you? That kind of indicates to me that he doesn't see it as bright of a future there, maybe, as, like, the media puts on it. Like, do, do you think there's any truth to, like, that's a scenario?
1: Yeah, uh, I- I don't know. An interesting thing um, that, that that I that I saw uh, watching the herd the other day was about Baker. It was um, Baker's one in one in five out of out of Cleveland in in that stretch of games last year. Um, so I I just I can't I can't really believe that that the Browns are winners and, and you know you know I told you that that the Browns have. Have a two-year span to to really capitalize on what they have here, and it's going to be really hard to do because, and anything outside of those two years, they're going to have way too many financial restrictions to to even possibly make make it possible, you know. Um, but but with, with all the attitudes, with with the ball going around, I, I Odell obviously has a reason to talk about it. Like, he clearly didn't want to leave New York. He's butthurt about it. Baker talking about it, he's just – there's just no need. If they're not going to be focused on football, then a team that hasn't been in the headlines like they were last year, like Pittsburgh, is going to capitalize on that. And that's why I said I have Pittsburgh win the division.
0: I agree with you on that, and I I just think that it's – yeah, it's, I do agree with the two-year window thing because they're going to – more than just salary, I think that these guys might not be able to play together for, for multiple years, like you said, and lose together. You know what I mean? Like how, it doesn't take long, especially with a first-year head coach, for people to start pointing fingers in the locker room. And, and to your point, the Browns beat one playoff team last year. One. One playoff team. So, and, it was the, and it was the Ravens game where they won on a field goal which was a division game. So it's not like they were ultra competitive. You know what I mean? To all games. So yeah, I think it's just, I just think if you're Odell, if you really think like, this is your team, like you love Cleveland as much as you say you do, like you want to be there now because I mean, like you have a team and like you love Landry, then, then just shut up about it. Just end it. Like you're in a better place. You should be better than them and just want to stick it to them by winning. You know what I mean? It shouldn't have to be, shouldn't have to be this. I'm all, oh, they did this to me. Like I'm here now, but like, I'm okay with it. Like you shouldn't be okay with it. You should be ecstatic because from the outside, this situation looks great, which makes me think a little bit. He's not as excited about this season as I feel like he should be. Is that like unfair to say, or do you think that's a possibility?
1: No, I definitely don't think it's unfair to say. And, and I- I I don't know if if you even saw saw this rumor around the time when the Giants trade him, but but it said Odell mulled retirement a little bit, like just just a little bit, and obviously that would be crazy for a receiver like him. But even if he gave up football, he's gonna be a celebrity no matter where he goes. Like every single time he would step out in, in New York City, there'd be thirty thousand people surrounding him like that. He just. Or, whether he's in, in, in Europe, he, he's in Canada, Mexico, China, wherever he was, everyone knows who he is. He, he's an icon more than a football player. And, and he just – he's absorbing that, and, th- and that just got to his head too much. And that was, that was the worst thing that, that could have happened to him with New York. And his attitude is the way it is because New York didn't win past 16.
0: I, I did see that thing that he mulled retirement a little bit, and that would be absolutely foolish. Absolutely foolish to be that talented and not want to play because you can't play in New York. I don't even want a vacation in New York, but I mean I don't have all the money he does. So, but <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, he is—he's—he's he's reached that status where it's like he doesn't have to play football anymore, though. So I could see that, and he is an icon. He is—he's an international icon for fashion for his hair. You know what I mean? Like he's—he's he's like what I think Tio would have been today. You know what I mean as far Fair as enough with the social media like you are going to tell me TO putting the ball on the Dallas star wouldn't have been the
1: cra- wouldn't have been the biggest thing on
0: social media yeah. oh my goodness you know what I mean like
1: yeah like like odell yeah, did the um like the 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 dog piss thing when when exactly. they played the the browns i think it was at giant stadium you know what i mean like like come on you're 20 what 23 24 25 years old however old odell is when it when yeah. he did that yeah he was a like 24 25 yeah so i, I don't know I, I think he does ha- have some maturity issues but like like i'll always say i'll always defend odell because in my eyes he, he's he's a special talent with the ball in his his hands and the things that he's good at you can't teach those are he's just that's just who he is and like the same with julio but like julio has like his own thing but that that's just what what separates these guys but Odell's speed, agility, route running and and just that specialness with, with the ball in his hands and the ability to make people miss is is what makes him elite and I just I really hope that that this trade doesn't doesn't affect who he is because I think he really can be a TLS player.
0: Oh 100% dude. If he can stay healthy and in- do what he's done. I mean, he doesn't he have records for like within the first couple seasons or something like that? Like he has yeah. some records either for age or for uh, like receiving yards or receiving touchdowns and like the least amount of games, something he, like that.
1: He played – he missed four games um, the, his rookie year, and he came back and played played the, uh, the 12 games, and he had like 1,300 yards or something like that. And that that's when he made the catch against the Cowboys and everyone who Odell was after that day.
0: Yeah, and it's and it's funny because it's almost like you forget about that stuff, like because of the media stuff. You know what I mean? Like it sucks.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll never forget. Oh. We were in we were in high school, and and I'm, I'm I'm sitting on my couch watching the game, and I just look up, and I'm just like, oh my god, this dude really did that. And that year in the draft, you can ask my cousins. I was watching the drafts at their house. Not not that not that I I didn't like. Uh, the Odell pick because we definitely needed a receiver too but Zach Martin was still on the, on the board the God for the Cowboys and I was hoping that we got him and after we got Odell and I saw what he was looking like throughout training camp and the preseason and then when he first started making his way into the league I was like wow this dude's really about a ball and that all started right right around the time he made that catch and just like I said you know everyone knew Odell after that day.
0: Yeah, I, I remember him coming to the league. It was pretty cool because I, I remember, like, it was like, oh, he's out four games. But when he's back, when he's back, like, we'll see what he's made of. And then he just made a splash. Kind of like Josh Gordon-esque when he came onto the scene. It was like, dude, who is this guy doing all this crazy stuff? But, like, his was obviously more um more impressive because it was – like, like, though you could identify with those moments, you know what I mean? Like, there are specific catches where you're like, "Dude, like, there's maybe five human beings on the planet that can do that." Maybe if that, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely tough to hear um, him say that stuff in the media. Like, I got like we, we agreed on earlier. It's just not what you want to see from somebody who like just got to a new team and and really should be looking ahead instead of backwards. You know what I mean? No, like it's that, not. It's not winning franchise football. That's just no, it what is. it is. And do you think Freddie Kitchens being a rookie head coach do you
1: think he doesn't he, know do you, any better?
0: Yeah, do you think he's allowing them to talk all like do you like do you think if they still not oh, this is the Browns, so they would never have the same coach more than two years in a row, but <laughs> if they did have a solid guy, like if this happened like like they, oh, they got Odell after they were a little more on their way to winning. Uh, like like in a year or two if they had gotten Odell and kitchens proved he was a good figure there do you think that this would be different like he wouldn't be saying as much in the media or do you think it's you can't control that guy
1: um i, I don't know I, I think odell's really t- too big too big of like i said an icon to to kind of try and tame him now i think it's too late um but i i definitely do think too that that low key um Freddie Kitchens could be on the hot seat. Like, if, if he doesn't, if he doesn't win this year with what this roster is, and and they go six and ten, or or even seven and nine, and they don't make the playoffs, that that should that still shouldn't be like satisfactory. You know, like he really should lose his job. Like, look at what you have for a roster. Kareem Hunt was a top five running back in in the league before before whatever happened at the end of last year. You know what I mean? And and that along with Nick Chubb and the guys they have on defense, it just it's inexcusable for for anything but so if all this noise uh, really puts a, a halt to to their immediate success, then then maybe there'll be question marks about John Dorsey, the GM, too, because he was fired from the Chiefs.
0: Yeah, I think that I think that I
1: don't know. I just see.
0: I think they'll give him a little time because I think the way it's worked with like Baker Mayfield is he has the same guy. I think if anything, he wouldn't get fired. I think he would go back to OC. I really think that because I don't think they, cause I know that's rare, but I think that they understand that him and Baker kind of have a thing where the, he makes Baker uh, it, not better, but he, he brings him to that NFL level. You know what I mean? He it's worked. He was calling the play for him last year. And when he took over, um, Baker just got better So I think that they don't I think if like say the offense is very good But the defense is bad And they kind of struggle late in games because of it
1: I think they definitely look at Keeping him in the organization Just for Baker I agree that, that Freddie Kitchens did make Baker better But if, if the Browns go Win six or seven games only this year And like Do you think Freddie Kitchens still made Baker better? It depends how he plays. It depends if it's – like if we can clearly see like
0: the schemes just aren't fitting and Baker has regressed like in a way from last year where it was more of they caught fire and they just didn't look back once they clicked. And then, you know what I mean, like now that they have personalities in the locker room, it'll be interesting to see. if, if, if If it's a losing record but Baker looks just as good and a little better than last year, I don't think he goes. And I do definitely think I will still say he contributed to like Baker's like growth. But if he regresses, like, and it's visible and like it's just not working and it's like a bad like seven and nine, then yeah, I absolutely could take that back. You know what I mean? If he is almost stunting his growth because they're not changing things after like it's not worked, you know what I mean? Like, some people just don't change kind of like the Mike McCarthy Aaron Rodgers thing where it was like they consistently weren't like having big plays and things like that. So yeah, I think I could definitely see if they're bad, he could definitely not be a part of Baker becoming better and it'll more of just be Baker was that good of a talent. No, absolutely. Yeah. I, I just don't know like I like Baker Mayfield a lot and I'm not like the biggest Baker guy, but I just think like I think he's one of those guys that needs that coach there. You know what I'm saying? Because he's not huge. Like there's gonna be times where like they have to specifically script plays like the way they drew do for Drew Brees. You know what I'm saying? Like Bro, I, don't,
1: I, I think Baker still has a lot to prove. Um, me too. Oh not, yeah. Not not only not only to Cleveland, but I think to the league. And he's carried he's carried himself at, at a high level. And I'm I'm all with that. I Players respect themselves and their talent and, and who they are. That's fine. I just hope his play really backs up where, where he's holding himself to this standard because he's holding himself to a standard that, that isn't going to be sufficient enough for an average quarterback. Absolutely.
0: And, like, for the media attention that he's getting, it's definitely not going to be enough. Like, he has to get better. I mean, like, yeah, I definitely think the verdict's still on him because there were some plays where he visibly made some bad throws. And he's not the type of guy like a Mahomes or like a – who's another guy? Like Big Ben who, like, can make mistakes, but they have the throwing power to, like – You know what I mean? Like, they it's – up for Yeah, like, he can't – Like, like if Big Ben makes a bad throw, it's because it just wasn't a good throw. Like, like, but there are times where he makes a bad read, but he's, his arm is so good that it – it kind of – he made a bad read, but he still got it to the guy. Yeah. I think I saw Baker last year where he was fooled a lot uh, on some plays, and I definitely need to see how he does – like, he wasn't great against top ten defenses. I'm pretty sure they lost every game outside of the Ravens against a top ten defense. So, and still, they weren't great in that game. I think that was a pretty low-scoring game, if I'm, if I'm wrong. I thought it was like 24-21, something like that. I'm not sure. I don't remember,
1: though.
0: Yeah, I don't either, but – I remember it wasn't like he,
1: he diced up. Like, do you remember anybody saying like Baker Mayfield diced up the Ravens? Like, I don't no. remember hearing that. No, no, definitely, definitely not in the division. Trust me. Anthony, Anthony would have never let me forget it. If that was the case, the Ravens defense usually has a good defense. They're a well-run organization. And and that, that's the tough part about the Browns is, is the Ravens are always going to be a consistent team just because the the consistency in the organization and John Harbaugh, some might not think that that he's he's a great coach and, and he might be a coach in the hot seat, but I, I think that the guys really, really rally around him and he's he's a guy year in and year out that people will always respect just because uh his track record. Um the the Raven the Ravens are are a team that's definitely up and coming. They have a lot of uh young guys on their defense. So that's why that's why if the Browns don't win now, they gotta watch out for the Ravens going forward. And, and Pittsburgh better have a, a backup plan too. After Big Ben's done, you see, you see guys like Eli and and Tom Brady, like you know, they're not thinking about retirement as they say in the media, but it's a thought. And Drew Brees and Philip Rivers, those guys that we've all grown up to see and and, and watch as as Mister Reliable, you know. Um, so there, there there can always be a change at the at the realm, but that's why I think. Baker just has to shut up and play ball, and and w- before the season gets here, he definitely just needs to show us that action.
0: And, and I feel like I'm a big Haba guy too. I love both Habbas, but I I just think like with Baker, I feel like people say like the the media thing and like oh, him talking. That's gonna be part of it. Do you think that's like if he if he's gonna be good, that has like that's gonna be part of it, or do you yeah. think we'll let him get to a point where he could be good, but he's not gonna be? In the media saying those things like, He's saying he's not going to change Like the way he acts And I mean that's all good and well But you got to back it up You know No
1: I, t- I, I don't think I don't think it's going to change And I honestly think he loves it You know like when, when he was When he was winning games in college and stuff like that He wanted the attention Just as much as, as Manziel did and, and he shine, He shined in He shined in the big games And that's that's why no, no one really has anything to say And it's a bigger deal That that the Browns were were in the position that they were last year because the Browns were can't even get over over three wins on, on a season and he finally got them past five since since what two thousand and I don't even know when, when the last time they they it's won like,
0: since the Peyton Hiller season
1: yeah yeah that's what I mean and who who coached that Mike Pen yeah I think so I think so yeah like like he he's a coordinator now for for the Packers I think. Um, but it just the 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 volume and, and the the loudness following following the Browns is like I said just just because they they were such a, a a poor poor franchise before.
0: Yeah, I definitely
1: agree. I definitely agree. And
0: I think if Baker has to like I I, I feel you. Like he relishes in it, but it's a new age. You know what I mean? We really haven't seen anybody stick their neck neck out there like a quarterback and talk like this and deal with the blowback. You know what I mean? Like, can you can you think of one that's talked like that and and dealt with it, especially at that position? Like, it's different at that position. Like, like when wide receivers and corners talk crap before big games, you know what I mean? Like, every time someone plays the Patriots in the Super Bowl, there's always words to be said by, like, another team's defender or something. But it's yeah. never the quarterback. You know what I mean? And uh, that the whole game.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know if, if this would really be comparable, but – but like Jameis Winston had had a lot of headlines early early in his career, and obviously not not um, to to the same level at, at where Baker's at. But but his his problems were more like with with the whole crab leg situation and the Uber, and it, it was it was just a lot at once. And and he was a guy that was taken at, at the same level that that Baker was, first overall pick. You know what I mean? So so he they're held to a to a different stature, a different standard than, than say, a Dak Prescott would be. And, and I think that shows a lot about Dak Prescott because those guys that are picked later in the rounds kind of show more of that humbleness, more of that approach, like I'm just going to shut up and do my job rather than, oh, like I know I'm the best and I'm, I'm going to sit over here and I'm going to strut and I'm going to talk about other franchises just because I am who I am, you know what I mean? And I I think that j- just goes to show like the tiers of of levels of quarterbacks in the league and and that's why Baker's still not at the top tier.
0: And I think I love I love the Dak Prescott pre- comparison until Dak requested that he thinks he should be po- paid forty million dollars. That is um that's tough, but I I do see what you mean. we like Dak's Dak and Russell Wilson's another guy, late drafted, as humble as pie. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the guys just just down to earth. And he understands that that's the way you have to lead a team. And I think that now maybe with Baker having so much personality on the team and like so many stars there that maybe he has to kind of be the ringleader of it. You know what I mean? And be the voice.
1: Yeah. But so, yeah, look,
0: it's a weird situation.
1: I got, um, I, I don't know if, if this is, is so, so reliable. I, uh, Chris Mortensen on Twitter tweeted, Dak Prescott is not asking for forty million per year from Cowboys, and even reporting he's turning down thirty million on average is somewhat misleading, as PFT reports. Yes, details matter, as I said even earlier. What's the structure, of the deal, the guarantees? So relax. So I, I, kind of, I kind of I believe that. I, I don't think he necessarily turned down uh, forty million. I feel like Jerry Jones really has has a big uh, conviction in in the media. So when when he goes out and says that I paid these guys to be uh top five in, in the league. I don't think that was necessarily true. Like it, it probably was 30 million a year, but but there was probably a lot of incentives in there and he probably wanted Dak to, to prove it a lot because he definitely loves his own pocket more than anybody else's, you know? that's um, true. But, and I like the, uh, the Jalen Smith deal today. I like yeah, the Jalen. Yeah. Jalen Smith, he, he's a baller and, and good for him because a lot of people doubted him and, and he, he really should have been the, the first overall pick. You know what I mean? He, he fell a whole round. That, that's crazy for, for a talent like him. Um, so it, it's interesting to see that deal get done before all of these offensive guys that were in the headlines. You know, Dak, uh, Zeke, and, and Amari. And the, the Zeke and, and Jerry Jones um, situation it is pretty interesting, too. Because it makes you think. After guys like Le'Veon just, just sit out a year, like maybe Melvin and Zeke really do just sit out the year and and, and become free agents. So, because I I don't know. I don't I don't think guys will even play on the tag anymore if they don't want to. And and that's why I think that the CBA and and whatever happens with with um the the situation with the union and stuff um it is is definitely interesting. Because the, remember a couple of years ago the the basketball lockout. What was it well yeah uh, that was
0: that was more that was uh that was i want to say twenty thirteen because I know uh fabs there's no competition three came out the day the <laughs> that's how I remember it it was like december they came back well like October, yeah. something like that so i I have no idea what day it was but it was whatever there's no competition three came out
1: day. <laughs> it, no it, it definitely it definitely was dope um i'm not not good actually I, I don't know why I said that um yeah <laughs> But, but you you don't want to see you don't want to see a lockout. You don't want to see um like the the NFL season of all seasons like get get delayed. Like every everybody looks forward to preseason and, and week one. Like there, there's so much hype because fo- football is, is played probably the shortest amount of all sports with with what 19 total games in, in the season if you make the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. So so I don't know. I I just hope I hope things. Uh, go the right way there's also like like player situations that don't help either like if if you're not on the last year of your deal and you're sitting out i i think it, it's just unnecessary like you signed the contract if you weren't going to be okay with it then then you should have done something but before then you know um mm-hmm. but it, when when you start talking extensions with the teams and you definitely want to speak your peace of mind because you deserve to be compensated. You guys are playing on the highest level at an elite level, risking your body, staying away from your family. I definitely think that players only get a small percentage of what people like Jerry Jones may bring in. It's just it's just a lot of unnecessary things, you know. So I think players in franchises can do a better job in the whole process.
0: I I agree, and I think that – I'll say this. I think the verdict's still out on whether sitting out is still good because we saw Le'Veon get less guaranteed money than if he was with Pittsburgh. And now you have Melvin Gordon, who's a top-tier running back, but he's not the Le'Veon-Zeke echelon. So I think once we see – I compare it a lot to uh, the trading for one – trading for superstars on one-year deals in the NBA. We saw it doesn't work. Paul George left. Kawhi left. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not a guarantee. And I think the same thing with sitting out for a contract like that, it, it might not work out. And I think that seeing the way it works out for Zeke and Melvin Gordon, I think it'll dictate the way the rest of the league views it. You know what I mean? If they get their money and they get the bag guaranteed, you're right. More people will probably try to follow the same route, but if it turns out the way it did for Le'Veon for them to, you know what I mean, as far as contract-wise, where he doesn't get as much guaranteed as possible?
1: Yeah, he, I mean, he definitely does, doesn't get a lot of guarantees, but, but Levion still got a $14 million a year contract. I still think Le'Veon's going to be a beast. He, he's healthy go, going into, what, 28, 29 years old? Yeah. And, and I, I know he signed that deal for four years. He, he definitely wanted more money, and he had a, a really good argument. And Pittsburgh did give him more guaranteed money, but I think he was trying to make a statement and and, and that's what he did the I, I think the total contract the total guarantees in Pittsburgh might have been around like twelve and a half and and with incentives and stuff like that it it probably reached 14, and he wanted 14 guaranteed, but but the only the highest guaranteed he was going to get was probably only around uh nine ten million and, and that that's what he got with the jets um on had a different argument. You know that he's going to have the argument that guys like Kamara, Saquon, and McCaffrey are going to have when as they start to get paid. Um, and that should—that's just, that's just the league now. Um, I don't like the whole free agency process. That every single off season, whoever's a free agent just gets paid the most money. I don't—I don't think that that's the way it should work. I think that there should be a standard. I don't think all quarterbacks should make thirty-five million. Like. I I feel like I feel like probably ten years ago when when top quarterback money was around twenty three twenty four million it was consistent like that for a little bit and if you weren't a top quarterback like that you were getting like a one year fifteen million dollar deal one year sixteen million dollar deal like two year thirty million dollar deal like deals like that so I I hope things change and and it becomes more more of a less of a hassle actually
0: mm-hmm. yeah I just with the league I I wasn't trying to say that he Obviously, you know, I love Le'Veon, but I think it'll look at other guys and make them think like, hey, is it worth standing on this principle like he did? Like, is it worth it? Or should we just say, hey, screw it, stay with our team. They're not giving us the most they can, but it's still more than anybody else, and it's not worth the risk. I think that'll really be looked at. I think every other running back in the league right now is sitting there hoping those two guys get the bag. Because if they don't, it doesn't leave that – that option for running backs anymore. I don't think people will sit out to see, oh, Zeke tried this and it didn't work. Well, why would it work for me? You know what I mean? I think it's really kind of, Le'Veon set the tone with it. And I think that with these two guys, it'll be more of a, have more of an effect on the whole NFL. You know what I mean? I think it'll kind of, if it does go that way where they don't get paid, I do see people stopping the holdouts once and for all at the running back position like for the most part. You know what I mean? I think it could be that way
1: if it ends up negative for Zeke and Melvin. I hope boarding. so. I I mean I, I I hope I hope these plays I hope these plays get compensated like I said and I hope it works out. Um you you've heard me say this thousands of times. The Chargers never want to pay their guys every single offseason, they they're going to be in a discrepancy, uh, mm-hmm. a, a and see, try, trying not to pay one of their guys. Um but I I don't know. I it's not. It's not good for the league. It's not good for the fans. It's not good for the players when when these situations happen. It it creates, like I said, unnecessary drama. Like uh, Zeke and Melvin Gordon are, are coming up on the season, and it's going to be debatable whether they whether they play in the season. And you're going to have people draft them in the fantasy, and they they're, they're going to send tweets to those guys when when they pick them and they don't play. And it's just like, hey man, like I hate you. I don't even know you, but like you suck. Like. It's just so unnecessary, you know what I mean. Um, so I, I just, I just hope there's, there's a better revolution, uh, resolution to it going forward. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I agree with you. And um, after that,
0: we're gonna end lose log episode four. Steve, awesome talking, dude. This was, this was dope. Got mad into the Giants. A um, little more Browns than I expected, but I loved it. I mean, anything that's in the hot news. And um, I love talking the running back uh, in contract situation with you, something we will definitely do more often. Um, me, Steve, and a friend of ours, Kevin Sinatra, have since the Sandbox podcast coming out very, very soon.
1: We're extremely excited for that. Steve, thank you. Can't Hello, wait thank to Thank you. Again. Always a pleasure, and th- this will definitely happen again. 100%, dude. Now I'll probably see you tomorrow. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> dude. <laughs>